What is up, all you people out there? This is Toffee Blues USA, your source for all things ever American style. I am Jerry, coming to you recorded from Winston-Salem, North Carolina, and joining me is a familiar face, if you're watching, and a familiar voice as you're listening. We've got Jeff Walner back with us again. Jeff, it's good to talk to you, man. Jerry, it's always a pleasure. Appreciate you having me back. <laughs> hey, any anytime, any Jeff time, I, I, I'm a fan. Uh, so for those of you who, if, if this is your first Jeff experience, welcome. Soak it in. Just saying. All right. And uh, Jeff is uh, part of the Cincinnati Toffees uh, supporter group. He's one of our many, many, I mean, we're just, we just talked to like all the Cincinnati Everton fans, which I'm, I'm a big, uh, yeah. who knew? Had a who few knew? on, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. it's awesome. Uh, so, uh, so Jeff uh, just popped on. Uh, he he's going from like one Zoom call to another Zoom call. He's, he's a guy in high <laughs> demand. So, so <laughs> I overbooked myself tonight. I, I double booked on a Thursday night. Hey, you know what? I mean, if you can't double book on a, that's a popular time to double book, I think, because everybody thinks that right. that's covered. Oh, that's free. Yeah, no, no problem. Yeah. So what did you have going on before this? If I'm going to be like super noted. Well, it was, uh, it was Everton related. So it was, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's appropriate. Um, yeah, no, I was fortunate enough to join a, um, a call with a supporters group leadership from around North America. Um, and we were fortunate enough to be able to speak to uh, Jurgen Manka, uh, who just joined Everton uh, to head up their uh, international strategy um, to grow Everton support uh, and build the Everton brand uh, worldwide. Um, we also uh, had Scott McLeod on the Zoom call with us as well. And for those that don't know, Scott is the head of uh, Everton uh, fan engagement um, for the mm -hmm. club. So he was kind enough to join the call uh, after, after midnight his time and, and hang on until uh, approaching 1 a.m. So um, we thanked him for that. But, uh, but a great discussion about um, Everton's, and I'll, and I'll say new, Everton's new kind of approach and strategy to, to really reach beyond um, the confines of, of Goodison Park and of L4 and to expand the, the, the club's brand uh, and uh, their support uh, globally uh, with the academies yeah. and building the supporters groups and, and just everything that's attached to that. So a lot of exciting things uh, going on um, with that. Um, and we were able to kind of pick uh, their brain and, and learn from them, but they also took a lot of ideas uh, from us as well. So um, again, that's what's great about our club, right? It's, it's the way our club connects with their fan base um, worldwide. And that's something that makes us unique. One of many things that makes Everton Football Club unique. Um, but uh, yeah, it was a great conversation, and it was still going when I came over here. So I'll have to. Oh, I didn't mean I'll to, to cut up. you short. Jeff. Oh no, 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 no! I, I, no. Equal time, Jerry. Equal time. 
<laughs> so so did you I, i'm always curious about like uh like did you did you get to ask questions did you have any jeff questions oh it was very uh this was was a this was a collaboration it, it was a collaborative call um we cool. it was a discussion between all all parties we probably had uh maybe I'd say 20 or 25 uh, supporters Whoa. groups leaders. Uh, Tony Sampson, of course, was on the call, and uh, and we had uh, um, Jurgen as well and Scott. So it was it was uh, this was a collaboration. It was very yeah. much an open discussion. Uh, so yeah, very productive, very interesting, and also uh, very encouraging and exciting as well. Just kind of hearing um, how committed they are to uh, mm -hmm. to growing support, particularly here in North America. I guess what I was, what I meant was uh, the, when, whenever there's a Zoom call with that many people, like personally, I would I would be a lurker. I know it. I know I would lurk. I would sit there <laughs> and just be quiet and just go, mm, and just listen to everybody else. Yeah. So I I wasn't sure. But like based on your personality, I mean, you're a journalist. You know what I mean? And I feel like you would probably have uh, some pretty uh, intriguing questions. I just wasn't sure if you. If you got any, if you were one of those people who likes to lurk, or do you contribute to discussions a lot of times in these? No, I tend to I tend to speak up, and I try to be careful because I have a tendency to get a little overly enthusiastic, and I'll kind of talk. I tend to talk over people at times. That's that's one of those things that I. It's a pet peeve of a pet peeve of mine, but I also do it myself. So I have to be careful of that. So yes, I did. Uh, I, I jumped in, but not ahead of anyone else, but I did jump in a few times. So. It's really hard when we have these Zoom conversations too, though, because it's like the easiest thing in the world to accidentally talk on top of somebody. You know what I mean? Because there's a delay. Almost always, there's that delay of information. Mm -hmm. and, and I mean, I catch myself doing it like every single show. And I'm like, ha! you know, or I start a sentence and they're continuing like halfway through and everybody's like, Jerry, what are you doing? Like I didn't know. Yeah, that's that's why it happens. But yeah, so that's right. I I could totally I could totally see uh, Jeff having a a lot to contribute um, for for the right reasons, Jeff. <laughs> you know, for all the right reasons. That's yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so uh, so is there anything in particular that you? I, it sounds like you've given a nice um, like uh, summary of of what the meeting was about or anything is there anything at all that specifically where you can say here's a nugget of information you're allowed to hear or was it a lot of it more just behind the scenes like hey this is between us i'm always curious about these meetings jeff <laughs> there was no there's no real news to break okay um no no real news to break also, nothing that's really being, it, it was all kind of uh, big picture, um, mm -hmm. looking ahead, a lot of strategy and, um, and, and a lot of thoughts on, uh, on just how Everton's kind of approaching this, because this is a, a rather new uh, initiative to, to expand um, globally. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't ask this on the call, but I think, uh, I think a big impetus for this is just the reaction the club has seen in Colombia with the signing of James. And, yeah. and I think that was the big wake up call. Um, you know, I think 
when Tim Howard was with the club and, and we could go on and on about that, but when Tim Howard mm -hmm. was with the club, I think, you know, Everton missed an opportunity there. But, but at that time, the philosophy of the club was a lot different. And, and we love that Everton is, is a provincial club. I've, I've brought it up many, many times. It, it's one of the reasons that I was drawn to Everton is their connection to the city of Liverpool and the connection to their fans and, and, uh, and everything that's entailed with that. But um, I think uh, the new Everton uh, is, is kind of stepping outside um, those borders and, and they see the benefit to the club of expanding the academies and expanding the brand and the support and merchandising and, and everything else that kind of goes with that to create new rev revenue streams and, and, and um, to grow talent support and just everything that you can take advantage of that's out there in the world because this is it's a global sport so you can't confine yourself to right. you can't be a club that can find confine yourself just to your you know your local um your local city um or or, or your immediate fan base uh, um, so yeah it's it's a uh, it's exciting to see them um doing um all of this and to kind of buy into that philosophy because we're going to benefit here um we we are and i can tell you this they they've made it very clear that um of all the areas of the globe that they're looking at the united states is 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 on the top of the list it's it's the mm -hmm. first priority um, because they see what the supporters groups have done here already on their own and uh and i think now the club is ready to to tap into that awesome so out of all these these plans that are kind of that have been introduced which ones are the which what's the, what's the point what's the part of it where you're like most excited about you know is it the the, those soccer schools that are going to be popping up all over uh, or uh, what, what part of it do you think like, okay, this is the part that I'm most psyched about. Well, I think I'm excited about one, and this is no big secret um, at this point is that the club wants to get back here um, to play. Uh, they want to get back to, they want to get back to the United States for a preseason tour uh, that is that is a priority for the club. It, it was in the planning stages before COVID hit. Uh, it will be uh, in the planning stages uh, um, as soon as we come out of this. Um, and and they've also made it clear that they want to maintain a presence, and that could be something as as simple as large as a as a preseason tour of matches and maybe a fan fest that's attached to that. Or it could be something as uh, as simple as just club officials coming to one of the cities where they have an academy and having the opportunity to uh, to engage with uh, supporters yeah. that are in that city. Um, so I'm just ex I'm, I'm excited about all of it. I, I'm just excited mm -hmm. about the the commitment the club has made clear to, and we saw it at Everton Live that whole event, mm -hmm. and and the commitment they had to making our ideas a reality. Um, during that and the connection that they want to have with the fans here. Um, and, and they also made it clear that, um, you know, the Zoom calls are great and they want to keep, they want to keep doing those uh, because you can't just, you know, you can't just hop on a plane right. and, and come thousands of miles all the time, but they, but they want to do both. They made it clear that right. it's, uh, it's, it's awesome. virtual, but it's also face to face. 
Um, so they, they want, Everton wants to have a presence here, whatever, whatever form that takes. They want to maintain a regular presence here. And that's, that's exciting for anyone uh, who supports um, uh, Everton uh, here in, uh, in North America and, uh, and all the fans that will soon support Everton here in North America. I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out how it would hurt. You know what I mean? When you're putting those kinds of efforts in, you can only make the numbers grow. You know, uh, yeah, I'm, this is this is awesome. This is very cool news. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, if anything else about? Oh, I wanted to mention Jurgen Manka. Manka. I want to make sure I say that right. Mm -hmm. uh, was watching a documentary with my sons the other day about Thierry Henry when he played for New York Red Bulls, playing in the MLS All Star Game, and it's like a short, like I feel like it's only an hour long. And I was watching it with my family, and most of it's following Thierry Henry, like prepping for this game. And out of nowhere, there's there's this new Everton presence, Jurgen Marker, like right there on the screen in this documentary. Because it, it was like right, it just, the, the timing was so absurd. It was right after they had announced it. It was like a day later. I was like, what is this? You know, just the universe like poking at me going, hey, see that? Hey. It was just, it was great. Yeah. Because uh, he was, and he was just talking did, about the MLS uh, All Star game. Yeah. I guess I didn't realize that he mentioned until he mentioned it on the call that he was employee number two for Inter Miami. Mm. He was employee number two, so he he was he's basically sitting there with with David Beckham starting this whole thing from scratch. Wow, jeez, it's it's really impressive and. and you know, now this is this is the guy with his pedigree and experience. Um, this is the guy who's heading up our uh, our international strategy. So that's mm -hmm. that's very encouraging to have him on board. Definitely, especially if, I mean, even but clearly he was working with uh, MLS in some fashion for some time before that, which he's gonna know, right? He's gonna and know a lot about and, Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah. Very cool. That is exciting. Good stuff. This is very cool. All right. Anything else you want to hit on with that? Or are we, are we going to, oh man, I don't want to go no, on to the next thing. We're going to, uh, we're, we're going we go to talk rip about matches. Wait, 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 wait. We have to talk about matches now. I'm sorry, Jeff. I, <laughs> let me get that out of the way. Oh, it came back. Damn. Ah, boom. All right. So I, we, mm, Let's pull, it's like pulling off a Band-Aid, okay? We're going to go really quick, zip, talk about Villa. It'll be done. It's just going to be over, and it'll be okay, all right? So let's do this quickly. Uh, so uh, if you've been under a rock, I'm sorry. I'm still going to tell you the score. Uh, we lost. 2-1 loss. I thought I was being pessimistic in predicting a draw last week. Uh, who knew? That was optimism. Hey, uh, so kind of a weird, weird match in which we did, you know, there, there's the occasional good performance. Who do you feel like, uh, you know, maybe didn't cover themselves in glory, but uh, did themselves, you know, played well in that one? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a, uh, that, that's, that's difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, because I didn't, nobody really, nobody really 
nobody really in a and i'm in and being fair and i don't mean nobody really nobody really stood out in that match um you know dc dcl had a great goal um there were some other chances in there um i can't get um holgate's gaff out of my out of my head um because that once that happened you're chasing the match the rest the rest of the way and it was tough enough losing james in warm-ups um but I agreed with everything that Carlos said after the match. How, and we've asked ourselves this question before, uh, in, in many, many a match where we were in similar situations with the opportunity to climb the table. I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if it's a culture thing. But in those situations, we're always left asking, how can you not come out and play with energy? How can you not... Yeah come out and play with passion? How, how can there not be a level of urgency amongst the starting 11 um, um, from, from the top down? And it just wasn't, I felt like we were, now you give up, you give up the early goal and, and that changes things. And that, that certainly factored into to everything, but I felt like we were, uh, we were playing kind of in a panic. We were kind of chasing the match from, from that yeah. point on. Um, we get the goal and you think something's going to change and it, it really, it really didn't. Um, yeah. It's, it's very, it's very frustrating. I, I would have to watch it again to answer your question because off the top of my head, I, I really can't single out anybody. I just watched it a little while ago with my family. Um, mm-hmm. Pickford was okay. Mm-hmm. Pickford mm-hmm. was okay. You know, I feel like he's, gotten a little run here i can't help but notice that i feel like pickford when he's got a lot of action he tends to play a little better mm-hmm. you know what i mean i feel like mm-hmm. his concentration picks up when he's having to mm-hmm. be more active which oddly enough this is seeing a good run of form for him when we're doing a lot of defend 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 and then maybe make a run up you know and and because we're we're having to play it safe based on our available players you know um is, is it fair is it fair to say that jordan pickford was emerged became england's number one because he played behind everton's backline and that he had week after week after week had an opportunity numerous opportunities to to make an incredible save because he was cons- constantly left out on an island and before that, and, in, it, and before that, he was at Sunderland, was which is the same thing. Yeah. Right. 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 Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Yeah. Right now, we're dealing with that delay, and we're both like, "Is the other person going to talk right now?" <laughs> <It's> pretty, <laughs> <laughs> um, so I just we all just needed to take a breath talking about the uh, Aston Villa match. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I. It was just such a meh, you know, I just, I, I watched that and I was like, meh, you know, it was just a shoulder shrug of a match um, where, you know, I, and, and DCL, I will, I will say it was great watching Ross Barkley lose, lose his man. That was nice. That was, that was, mm-hmm. I, I, I loved that. Every second of that. Um, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, you know, and I don't think, I mean, I feel like we don't really see Godfrey have bad matches, you know. 
Um, I don't think, I, I will say you know, people who struggled, um, I'm, I feel like it's, it's a little bit cliche to say it, but I thought our, our midfield, our, our center midfield pairing um, didn't really, didn't help the situation of uh, Gomez and, uh, and, uh, and Alan. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, um, you know, Gomez has been such an anomaly, um, such a great player before the injury. Um, and then slow start after the injury, then had kind of a, kind of a peak of form, but hasn't been really under Carlo. He, he really hasn't, he's not among the many guys who have kind of emerged and, and really improved under uh, Carlos tutelage. Andre Gomes is, is one of them that hasn't, I haven't really seen that from. Um, yeah. He, yeah, so th there, there are decisions to be made in the summer with that group. You, you have, you have Yari Mina and, um, and you've got Gomes and Michael Keane and you've got a lot of guys, but yeah, Gomes is, is, is one of those. Um, we'll have to see what, what happens, but he's, He's just not been, he consistently has just not been good. And when James isn't in there, the impact of, the impact that James has on Alon, on, on everyone else on the pitch, it's just amazing how different a club we are when he's in there. Um, and finally, you think we're finally going to have our starting 11 with no surprises. You know, we have the press conference, no surprises, right? Th those are usually when they happen. You know, yeah. somebody has fallen in training and tore their ACL, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you, get through the you get through the press conference and then the team news comes out. And of course, you know, you wait for that hour mark and then you always cringe because you wait to see who got hurt within the 24 to 36 hours since the press conference. Yeah. And team news comes out and you think, finally, we knew Decore was out. We knew Jibamin was out. Finally, though, we have the 11 we expect, and within minutes, Hamas yeah. is, is walking off from warm-ups. You can't make it up, Jerry. You can't. Yeah. You just can't make it up. And you've trained all week with Hamas. You finally are getting some cohesiveness with, within the squad because you have everybody healthy finally. And you're going into this match, you feel like full bore. And this isn't an excuse, but you lose James Rodriguez within minutes of the match. There has to be an impact there. Yeah. Um, not an excuse, but it's just another instance where if we didn't have bad luck, we'd have, have none. And um, so that was difficult. But, but that doesn't excuse some of the performances we saw out there. Um, and, and I know Carlo didn't, he didn't harp on that and didn't make that as an excuse. And um, what did you think of Carlo's response after the game? Because I think, I think he's been very, he's maintained a perspective throughout the season as he should. He's taken the right approach. He's been patient. Um, he's talked a lot about the project. We all understand how, um, expansive the project is that he inherited. But did you find it interesting, Jerry, that after the match, it was really the first time he kind of, he called his team on the carpet. He he, mm -hmm. he was not pleased with that performance. I think that's the first time this year we've really heard him kind of 
you know, kind of take mm -hmm. that where he, he was not pleased at all with her effort. Yeah. Uh, I'm always fine with that when a, when a manager comes out and does that because I feel like everyone needs that. I feel like too often we've had managers where we get the exact same thing, the same script from them every single post game, even though the same thing has Phenomenal. happened, they're telling us the same. Yes. Yes. You know, Phenomenal. the same script that I, I, it echoes in my mind, you know, and it's right. And, and you, you, it's refreshing for, for a manager to do it, but you don't want them to do it too much. Right. We're talking about a coach, a manager who is an excellent man manager. And he typically knows how to motivate. He knows that the players, you know, need that hand on their shoulder. Um, and he's really, he's done a really uh, good job with a lot of players in getting the best out of them, building their confidence up. Um, I, I think he's, he's had enough. I think he's irritated. Uh, I, and, and I think he's, he's a little ticked off that he has to watch us every single time we try to go for it, uh, try to press forward and actually play not as safe we're, we're, we, we leak goals, mm -hmm. right? And something that kills me, man, in the, 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 we don't have a replacement for Decore. That is the thing I feel like has really messed up our season. I, 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 I mm -hmm. see that as the biggest hole right now. Like, because if you have Decore in there, he can cover for a lot of these players that maybe don't have the speed as much, you know? Um, mm -hmm. And, I, and I, I, that is the thing, like when, when, when Gabami was coming in, like, and I was just like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? He's going to be healthy, right? As Decore is hurt? This is nuts, you know? Um, because those are our two, like, big-time athletes that can cover ground, right? Mm -hmm. And we just, oh, man. But that's, that's the thing that really gets me. But I, I'm totally, I'm fine with Carlo calling them out. Just yeah. it gets to a certain point where it's a little old if he does it all the time. I think it's, I also think it's, it's motivation for the players. I think he's, I think he's button pushing, you know, with the players. Yeah. And you mentioned to Corey, I, I think I underestimated. It wasn't until it was when he went down, my first thought was how do we replace that, that work rate? How do we replace a guy who's willing to just run and run and run and run for 90 minutes? And then was the first match after the injury Chelsea, I think oh gosh, I, maybe, I don't, I don't know. Whatever the first match was after he went down, um, you watched us play. And it was at that point where I was thinking, how do we get through the rest of the season without him? Yeah. I, I was really, I wasn't nearly as worried. I was thinking after he, after the news came out that there's a way we could kind of mix and match personnel. We could kind of, you know, have a few guys kind of fill that, you know, that, that void, but then watching us play without him the first time, it was so apparent how badly we missed him. Um, and we could talk about our depth, but we, we knew that going into the season. You, you yep. can't, we're not, we're not finished rebuilding our starting 11. We haven't really started on the depth that that's for this summer. So we knew going into the year that injuries were going to be the biggest concern. And unfortunately, it, we haven't been able to avoid them. And other clubs have injuries, but they hurt us much more 
than than most other clubs because we just we don't have the depth and we've we've been there are aspects of our injuries that have been fortunate because they haven't been really like hard hitting you know but they've been like a few uh, two months here you know what i mean uh two months there it was always something that totally breaks a rhythm for us always broke a rhythm mm -hmm. and and it, yep. it was so it's so hard to get over that you know so think about injuries we had the fortune we were talking about james yeah we we're talking about james getting injured minutes before the match but how many weeks it was easily was it four or maybe five weeks where we went into the week expecting james to play or at least be available to play and then the team news comes out at the end of the week and he's not. So that's hard enough for us as fans. But when you're, when you're training throughout the week and you're building a game plan to face an opponent and you don't know who's actually going to play. Now, maybe mm -hmm. it's just Carlo being coy and maybe they, maybe they knew all along and they were training accordingly. You know, that's mm -hmm. possible. But there's so much uncertainty with like one or two or three guys every week. It's, it's so difficult to prepare for matches and gain any kind of continuity with the squad that you're going to have because you don't know who the squad's going to be. It's almost easier if it would have been, okay, Hamas is going to be out for six weeks. Then you just turn the page and you prepare to play without Hamas and, and over the course of a few matches, you kind of develop um, kind of a, a way to deal with his absence, but that's not the way it's been for us. It's, it's almost be better if it was just, okay, you know, the guy's out, you got to figure it out. But we've had a lot of that this year. We've had the nagging injuries. And then, then we have guys that get hurt midweek. We have guys that get hurt the day before a match. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's been, it's been difficult, but at the same time, somehow, some way, Carlo Ancelotti, has kept us in the European um, conversation and we're still in the European conversation somehow. Yeah. <laughs> somehow. <laughs> they can somehow win two matches in a row, although I don't feel good about this one. You can win. That's how, that's how tight all this is. You win two matches in a row and all of a sudden you're, you're, you're right back in it. It's a big but, swing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. man. Yeah. Um, so, any other thoughts on this one? Are are we are we do we feel okay to move on? Um. So, so we so we'll move on from a loss to Villa and then talk about uh, our next match against a team that's in the Champions League conversation. Um, but yeah, sure, fine. Yeah, <laughs> just keeps getting better, Jerry. Just keeps getting All better, right. Jerry. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> All right. not a gloom and guy either. I'm not a gloom yeah, not and doom either. guy, and I won't be. Like if you, you know, if you, if you want me to talk big picture about where you where I think you know Everton Football Club is right now, well, we're we're a lot better off than we were a year ago. We're yeah, a lot and, better off. And I agree. And, with and you. So a, there's a lot of reasons for that. Not just our position mm -hmm. in the table. There are a lot of reasons for that. We are much better off than we were last year. But oh yeah, oh yeah. Right now it might but, not feel like it. But right now is a it's a. It's a weird little time when it comes to watching a match, you know? Um, yeah. It's almost like you, you watch it and you're like, you know what? I just want to 
feel okay about myself when this is over. Is that possible? <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know what I want all my, honestly, I want, I, I, you know, you watch these matches at Goodison and you watch a struggle at home and it's not that we haven't struggled at home at times, even when Goodison is full, but um, I want, I want Goodison full again. And yeah. I just, I, I think that just would have made such a huge difference in so many of these home matches and, um, not just the fact that I want all my I want all my friends in Liverpool to to have their tickets back and to be back in their seats, yeah. to be back in their wooden seats with no arms because <laughs> they'd rather not be anywhere else, you know. Um, yeah, I just I want Goodison full again, and I think it would make a huge difference. So we're we're still in that kind of weird kind of situation where it's a normal season. It's more normal than it was, you mm -hmm. know. Um, the end of last year, but it's still not quite yet normal. So looking forward to that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> oh yeah. We talked about that last week, actually the whole, uh, you know, it seems like our away form is strong. Um, there's no opposition fans to deal with. Right. And the home team doesn't have their, their, they're used to their own fans getting their back. And so, it's, I feel like it's affecting a lot of teams' home form and a lot of teams' away form. It's really interesting right. to start seeing the effect that the supporters have on their teams. Mm -hmm. It's actually, to be honest with you, uh, <clears throat> I think it's, it's really fascinating. I, I would say it's kind of cool, mm -hmm. but I, I can't uh, apply that to our home form, even though it's interesting right. information. <laughs> so, all right, so we're going to move on. So I'll give you a choice, all right? Do you want to do mailbag or do you want to do the West Ham? Do you want to do West Ham away <laughs> conversation? We can, do, uh, we can do mailbag, fire up mailbag. Okay, okay. <clears throat> well, I am going to start. I'm going to check. Someone sent me, Happy Blues John. Uh, Sent me the questions from Instagram. I'll rattle off a couple of these. I don't think we can talk long about them. One of them, Aiden K. Nil or Aiden Nil, just says hi. Hi. It's not a question. It's just saying hi. So, Aiden, hi. <laughs> there you go. What's up, Aiden? Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, mate. So, there's that. Hey. COVID, you know, in this COVID era, you, you you just somebody saying hi is is it you know, it's a it's a big deal. So yeah, it's like I, a I virtual, like... it's a virtual, a virtual fist bump, right? Yeah, yes. There you go. I definitely, I, I think Aiden thought I was pa I was going to pass by that one, but I didn't. Just saying. Um, <laughs> so, uh, uh, real dot shit. S H E T, real shit. I remember uh, you have the best like name, like the mailbag names. You have some so good. great ones. And one of them did not uh, did not give uh, submit a question via the normal way. He submitted one on Twitter and used his real name. So we'll go. I'm going to finish with that one. <laughs> Just saying. Um, okay. Real shit asked, "Are you aware of Everton India fans?" Okay. Um, and I will go ahead and tell you, no, I do not know any Everton, uh, Indian Evertonians, but as soon as I saw your question, 
I found an Everton India supporters group on Twitter and I followed them on Twitter. So, hmm. real shit. Where are they? I, I let me check. Let me see. Hmm. Or I, it's a, it's a, you know what? I don't know if it's a supporters group or if it's a, um, or if it's just a Twitter group that has a lot of, you know, that's dedicated to Indian Evertonians. Um, we're talking about the country, country of India. Yes. Seen anything on yeah social media about that? But yeah. Okay, so they have this. This particular account has 468 followers, mm-hmm. and is followed by numerous North American support groups. It's called Everton okay. in India. Okay? okay, so I just want to throw that out there. No real shit. I was not familiar with a lot of Indian Evertonians. Now I'm forcing myself, I am following and I'm getting myself educated. Well, I will, um, I'll just throw out that, um, you know, considering just hearing a lot of the reports of uh, um, the COVID situation in India and them having difficult time getting that under control that, hey, mm-hmm. best, best to you, best to all the Toffees and everyone else in India who are, um, yeah, going through a difficult time right now from what I hear. Yeah, thoughts with you, with you folks, for real. Evertonians um, all over the world. Is there a country where we don't have Evertonians? Is there? I don't think I, there is. I, I honestly, I, I'd be curious for someone to chime in and, and and let us know about that country. I need to tell Jurgen. Don't forget about Don't forget about India. Yes, that's right. All right, real shit is the reason. Evertonians all over the world. Yep. Very cool. Okay, so. Next question, live cane, or is that live a cane? I don't know. Asks Isco or Coutinho. Now we may not even have that choice, but let's pretend we live in that world. I don't know. Which one? Which one's for you, Jeff? How, how old is How old is Coutinho again? Twenty-eight. I looked this up beforehand because I was curious too. Coutinho's twenty-eight and Isco's twenty-nine. Okay. Isco played for Carlo? I believe he did. I believe there is a connection there. Okay. I don't know. (laughs) Um. (laughs) You asked all those questions to just say, I don't know. I love it. (laughs) People have a problem with, uh, people, there are people have a problem with Coutinho because of one of of his former clubs. Do they, do they? I think some people might. Yeah. I feel like I've seen the occasional person on, on the social media we haven't had say. Any, I, I thought I saw somebody mentioned on social media, and I'll have to, to look this up. I'm curious how many um, players have played for both mm-hmm. clubs. Yeah. It'd be interesting to look up. Um, yeah, I don't know if, it, you know, who, whoever, whoever will help us. I know the, the Coutinho, it seems like the Coutinho rumor came up more recently. It did. Um, Isco's been out there for a while. Maybe that's because of his connection to, um, to Carlo. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I'll take who, whoever, whoever helps us. You know, I didn't really think much about Ben Godfrey and then look like what, how he turned out. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. I, don't. I, I am going, oh gosh, I don't feel like I, I, I've watched enough of either player lately because I don't think either one's been doing a lot of playing lately but uh yeah 
it's I thought Coutinho was in his 30s. I don't know why I thought he was older, but I thought Coutinho was maybe in his but he's 28. Yeah, I looked it up. I was curious myself. Okay, if I have to answer that, like honestly, I I I like Isco's personality, but immediately I, I got really excited about the possibility of Coutinho. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. I feel like there may be something wrong with no, I know there is but something more wrong with me for thinking that maybe, I don't know, I like the idea of Coutinho because I feel like he's really flexible and can play a number of positions if he's hitting good mm. form. I feel like that's the case. Which and I we... feel like Carlo wants that kind of person in the squad. And you know what, man? One of our big problems is Hamas is great, but he's not durable. And we knew that when we signed him and we knew we weren't going to get a straight out year. So we need somebody who can create like him, right? Um, that's why either one of those players, I, I, I have a hunch would help us, but I, I just feel like I got, a idea, I got something in my brain that makes me feel like Coutinho would be more durable. I guess because he's already played mm -hmm. in the league. So that's just my opinion. Yeah. Um, so the last uh, question, I mean, there's another, there's some other questions that I don't really know how to answer. Like uh, Luke Downward asks, why didn't Richarlison play Siggy on goal when the score was 1-1? Okay. I don't have an answer to that. I don't. Uh, I don't have an, I still don't have an answer for, um, was it Richarlison that didn't play um, DCL? What match was that? Or was it the other way around? I think it was Richarlison playing DCL. Yeah. I feel like it was. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. So, I mean, I, 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 I get your frustration, Luke underscore downward. I'm with you. All I can tell you is um, Richarlison's a better football player than I am, and he probably has better reasons than I, I would be able to give you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, um, I wish I could make up a reason like, well, Sigurdsson has been playing pranks on Richarlison in the locker room. So, you know, he like – froze his uh boots in a jello mold and yeah so hey, where you say Sigurdsson is playing pr yeah he doesn't seem like a guy who would play pranks and that's what i mean that's it's, it's always the quiet ones jeff just saying uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so loop down where there's your there's your manufactured answer it's because richallison right. is sick of Sigurdsson's foolishness that's why right he's um, sigurdsson's been hiding his hiding his nba jerseys from him or something so <laughs> said your pigeon dance doesn't look like an actual pigeon oh no um so next right. another another one uh somebody sabi 141 talks about uh, i guess it's eves Bosuma, one of the best in the league in his position i know we have alan but i'd love to have him hey i'm with you i think that player is awesome from uh brighton Great player. I like that guy. I liked him when we were rumored to be connected with him a few years ago. Um, so yeah, I like, I like him as well. Um, I'd love to have, to have him in there. I'd love to have another uh, athletic pair of legs in there who, uh, who can distribute and break up play. It'd be great. Max. That is a different, yeah, yeah. that's another player I would like. <laughs> but uh, So and the last question that I've got from Instagram that I am uh, supposed to, uh, from F-F-A-C-K-I-U, which I suppose could be pronounced Fafakiu. 
Um, Ask, is there any news about Aguero or Aguero? Aguero. Wow, I just developed a nice little speech thing. Aguero or Coutinho. Any news about them? Not that I've heard that is substantial and believable yet. Yeah. I mean, Aguero is going to be rumored to go everywhere. Um, free transfer, Sergio Aguero, free transfer. That's like the lottery. Sorry, it's just, yeah. Yeah. I like Aguero a lot. My kid, my eight year old, was just like, do you think we're going to sign him? And I'm like, oh, there's no news, man. I don't know. Everybody's going to want him. But what if we did? I know. I want him to. I get it. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. I, I liked um, Pep talking about Aguero um, after uh, um, the match and after he had that just that great goal off the volley. And mm -hmm. uh, it was like listening to somebody like talk about their son. Like you could just see him, like his eyes, you know, lit up. He was talking about him, and, and then who had the story? Just this week, some somebody ran a story, uh, a UK media outlet ran a story about Pep doesn't like respect or value Sergio Aguero anymore, and it's like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, like that what sounds, are you talking about? That's that that sounds yeah, like, but, yeah. Uh, Anyway, um, yeah. I I like him a lot, but I feel like he's gonna want to get want to go somewhere where he can get a little more consistent. He's he's gonna want consistent playing time, um, right? And I'm not completely sure exactly. I I'd be curious how we're gonna use him, as well. You know what I mean? Like, right? I, I'm I'm not completely sure. I'm sure we'd figure it out, but um, I think there are some questions. There are, um, and I I do think. Calvert Lewin is a is a danger to score every single time we have a corner or a, or a double. He just is. So it's hard to put him on the bench with his pace and also what he does on 50-50s that are coming like goal kicks and everything. He's he's winning us the first mm. ball often. So he just does a lot for right. our team. So yeah. Uh, you know, on that corner right before that corner, I commented that we didn't have we didn't have Yarimina, we didn't have Keen in there, and I'm like, I said something like, "Where where are the heads?" And DCL goes up and redirects that ball, fantastic goal, and um, I think it was Jake Holton who actually just kind of turned around and looked at me. I'm like, I know, he's like, <laughs> there's the head. Yeah, it was just a tremendous wow. Tremendous header. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, I, there's, I a guy, a similar... there's a guy that just, yeah, has come oh, on sorry, into his own under Carlo. The, the DCL, there's a guy that's come in to his own under Carlo. Um, I mean, we've seen it, we've seen it coming, um, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I had a similar experience to you watching the match today. I, I was thinking to myself, they showed a close up of Godfrey on that corner, and I was like, oh. The show in the close-up of Godfrey because we don't have any big center back in there who's going to attack the header and, and, and get us a goal like this because no Keen, no Mina. I thought the same thing. And then who knew mm -hmm. Ross Barkley forgot he was part of a football match. <laughs> and, you know, <laughs> DCL was able to get up there and put it. And that and their keeper was really low. So, you know, we were, we were lucky they had some slips, but it was still a really well-timed header. It was very nice. Um, cool. All right. So next question. This is from Bowsy Toffee Tits. 
who did not go with it. That's the question one. from them on another show. Didn't okay. Right. That's the one I was telling you about, right. man. So he, he he's been submitting via Twitter lately, uh, under under the name Aaron Free. Aaron, thanks again. You're, you're submitting awesome, thoughtful questions every single. It's it's almost every week now. So awesome stuff. So. Aaron Free, a.k.a. Bowsy Toffee Tits, gives us two tweets worth of question. Uh, after, the, after the dismal display versus Villa, it was evident that the Andre Gomes, Alan, and the Godfrey Holgate partnerships were sort of a one-off against a poor Arsenal side. Do you think Keane and Mina should return and Godfrey move to the right for the next match? Interesting question. Also, should we do Davies ahead of Gomes? Goldman. All right. Alan was exposed far too often. He's very aggressive, which leaves a gap between midfield and defense. Do you agree that a transfer focus should be on a proper holding midfielder as well as the need for speed on the wings? And then he has a question, a follow-up question to that, and we'll get there for that. I'm holding that one. All right. So the questions are, number one, do you think Keane and Mina should return with Godfrey on the right? the next match yes i do okay i i i gotta tell you i i like it i i wouldn't be completely opposed to seamus coleman over there but i i i like the idea of godfrey being in he's godfrey has to be he's good energy good energy so um also tom davies ahead of andre golf Yes. I agree too. Bowsy Toffee Tits, Aaron Free, you are on a roll. We, we really, uh, not a lot of disagreement here. Um, uh, uh, next, do you agree that a transfer focus should be on a proper holding midfielder as well as need for speed on the wing? Um, yeah, absolutely, yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, yes, among other things, but yeah. Yeah, I do, I, I do feel like um, not being in a position when a player like Decore gets injured, where we don't, to where we feel completely like naked. You know, it, I, having one player get hurt shouldn't change our entire style of play as much as it does. You yeah. know, one, one big injury. So... I, th I do think – I'm not sure if that's the main focus for me. Like, I'm a, I'm a big fan of a, of a right back, the need for a right back. Um, but we do have more makeshift right backs than we have makeshift uh, center mids that can cover for decoring. You know what yeah. I mean? And, and if you're talking about more of a midfielder like Alon, um, I feel like Tom Davies is not too – a similar type of player as Alon. You know, so you mm -hmm. almost have – and I don't know if they're like for like necessarily, but they're more similar than DeCorey is to anyone else. Of the, of the three new signings that have, that have gone down to injury, um, Alon was the easiest to replace. Is that fair to say? I, I think? agree. I agree, dude. Well, I mean, it would be because we're really struggling without DeCorey and we see what Hamas's impact is. Yeah. And that's nothing taking away. That's not taking away anything from Alon. I just think we, we have Tom Davies and we have ways to kind of cover 
Elan, we don't have a replacement for what Decore brings, and we don't have a replacement for what Hamez brings. Very true. I'm a, I'm in agreement with yeah. What about some speed on the wings? Uh, we thinking uh, we need some. We need speed. <laughs> we need speed everywhere. We're we're such a we're such a stagnant club, and part of that is just appearing to be kind of unsure of ourselves with the ball. We don't seem to be mm -hmm. comfortable with the different combinations of players that we've had, but man, we just move at a, just a molasses pace. We, we don't pass the ball decisively and quick. We're always taking that extra touch to kind of consider what we're doing. We're not anticipating our, our next move before we get the ball. We're not, we just aren't a quick, decisive club. I watch us play and I'm always like, go, go, like move, pass the ball, move. You know, they do it in training. You know, in training, it's probably like boom, 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 boom. And they get into a game and they get the ball at their feet and they take an extra touch and they, we just need, we need speed. We need speed and decisiveness. I want to watch us be dynamic and fast. So yeah, it's just speed. And that's not just running speed, just speed with the ball, speed with our decisions. We just need to become a faster club. I think that's a major issue for us. Yeah, I, and I put that, that speed in like a several categories the way you're describing it, you know? I look at speed on the wings, and, but without a little more speed in the middle, every single time we go forward, we're going to get exposed on the way back. Right. So yeah. we need that decore type player to make sure we don't get exposed when we use that speed going forward. Also, right. we need players that that have the speed of thought. OK, because that's another part of this. Somebody who's going to be when, you know, when the ball is coming to them, they are immediately they, they have ideas about where in the world they're going to go. If there's two. You're right. We're, we're deciding what we're going to do after we get the ball far too often. Yeah. And which is exactly what Holgate did in that instance. Mm -hmm. He gets the ball. He had decided what he was going to do. And in a split second, he changes his mind. He starts to take a touch forward. He changes his mind. Then he turns the wrong way and he gets himself in a horrible position, gives the ball away, and it leads to an easy goal. Yeah. Just because of that, that decision, decision making, that anticipation with the ball. And it, it led to a goal and completely changed that match. Not that a point would have done us any good, but um, still, I think it's a totally different match if you don't give up that early goal. It's a totally different, that, that mistake kind of set. It was tough enough not having Hamas in there, but when Holgate makes that mistake mm -hmm. and yeah. And I heard some- Our manager is Carlo Ancelotti. This has got to be, <laughs> this is not- is not what Carlo Ancelotti is teaching his players and training so and I heard some people kind of arguing about saying that Holgate didn't have a lot of options I gotta be honest I watched that replay of that goal and I saw Andre Gomes was checking and he did have an mm -hmm. opening to be able to feed it to him if he wanted to okay it was available right. there was a window if no one was covering that lane completely right. If he would have made that decision before he gets the ball, it's, it's, yeah. Yeah. Or, or just turn the right, mm -hmm. you know, turn the right way. I think he turns it. I'd have to watch it again. But he turned, if he turned the other way, I don't think he gets himself in that position, but he right. turned his turn toward the defender and the defender just, you know, 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So basically, Bowsy Toffee Tits, Aaron Free. Aaron, good questions. You sound like a big bag of right tonight. Okay. Congratulations. Pretty much we're all in. Uh, send us uh, send us all the questions you got. We're probably going to agree with whatever you got. <laughs> just sound, sound, like you, sound pretty rational to us. Um, last question from Aaron, by the way. Speaking of wings, boneless or bone-in? Uh, I'm not a big wings person, but when I am, uh, boneless. I'm a somebody in. in Buffalo just somebody in, Bu in Buffalo just throw, threw something at the uh, at their computer. <laughs> it's okay. I'll cover it. We're covering the whole nation here. You say boneless. <laughs> I said bone in. Everyone's covered. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't like the work. I wanted just to be able to take it, you know, dip it or just uh -huh. bite into it. Not have to like, yeah, eat around something. I'm just. Lazy. I don't know. I for me, it's a flavor thing. I, I, I like, yeah. I feel like it's, it's more flavorful with the bone, with the bone in. Um, and you know what? I'm a huge fan of messy food and just all over yeah. just the whole face, hands. I just let it happen. And I'm an absolute embarrassment, but I, I just, I like it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My OCD does not allow me to, uh, <laughs> to do that. Oh, I have to take like a, take like a, a pickup shower, you know, like a really, really quick shower in the bathroom and like <laughs> all yeah. over myself, you know, it, right. yeah, it has to happen, you know, cause I don't like driving home and smelling wing sauce. No, I don't, but you know, so. I still laugh speak. about when my, uh, my son was, he was about, uh, he was like, he was a basically a baby and, but he was uh, eating real food at that point and we fed him manwich and he had manwich like all over his and then he had it all over his hands and then he'd like went and put it in his hair and he was covered and I, I thought you know what the only thing I can do is I almost took him out in the yard and just hosed him <laughs> like this is the only way I can get this kid going there's I'll a never very good reason there's a oh, very good reason why 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 we yeah. you know everybody else calls man witch what they call it <laughs> you know for those of you in England I don't I I don't know if in England you have this but Manwich, uh, we call them Sloppy Joes. And basically, if you've ever seen the Adam Sandler uh, lunch lady land, like from Saturday Night Live, uh, Sloppy Joe is in that. Maybe you'll get an idea about it. So, yeah. All right. Yeah, we're big Manwich people over here as well. Um, so, last question. This actually comes from uh, Toffee Blues John. I have no idea why he wanted to know this but it could be because it's late night over there in England from when he was sending me questions. But he said, okay, guys, it's midnight and you can have any snack you want. What are you having? That's not uh, liquid and alcohol form, huh? Yeah, that is, yeah, that's, that's true. Any snack. Um, I'm a big, I'm a big leftover pizza guy. If there's leftover, and I think that's the uh, I think that's the sports writer in me because I was so used to for years coming home like late at night and whatever was left over from the family dinner. Mm -hmm. So my favorite nights were when like a Friday night or Saturday night where they ordered pizza, 
because I knew when I came home, there would be cold pizza in the refrigerator. And my favorite mm -hmm. thing to do was to grab a beer and some, some cold pizza out of the refrigerator. So that was my, definitely my favorite late night snack. Jeff, I am absolutely not copying you here. So I'll tell my story first. Used to go downtown Winston-Salem and, you know, have the drinks with my friends. And right there in the heart of downtown Winston-Salem, or near one of the bars used to frequent, was a place called Burke Street Pizza, which is one of the, one of the better pizza joints in, uh, in Winston-Salem. So just spent a night having drinks, and then right before you go home, grab like a huge, you know, huge slice, you know, get one or yep. two cram them down then you go home you can have a couple more beers and then go to bed <laughs> so so that because here, yeah because here's the thing man if i'm up at midnight nowadays i am drinking it's really the only way i'm up at midnight anymore i'm not i'm not right. i'm gonna stay up that late anymore i just don't i am i i, I i'm too old i cannot so if i'm up that late i've been hanging out with my friends and and I need sustenance, so it's not like Doritos or anything. Or yeah, give me give me a big old slice of pizza that I can fold over. Yes, good stuff. Yes. All right. Who knew we'd give almost the same answer? All right. So I've been delaying this, putting this off long enough. Match preview away at West Ham. It has a very familiar face in there on their sideline. Um, let's just get this over with. Current form, fifth place uh, in the Premier League. They're 17, 7, and 10 with 58 points. Previous three, they, uh, they recently uh, beat Burnley 2-1, lost to Chelsea 1-0, lost to Newcastle 3-2. That's their three back. Uh, possible starters. You can see Fabianski starting in goal, Kubal on the right, uh, Dawson and Jupp in the middle, and Cresswell on the left. And then um, this Suset guy is kind of a badass. He'll probably be starting in the middle with Lanzini. And then Fornal on the right, uh, Lingard in the middle, Benrahma on the left, and Antonio up top. Um, what, uh, have you gotten to watch West Ham play that much, man? I I have only watched them in kind of bits and pieces. I haven't watched a full match uh, this year. Um, obviously, I've read a lot about uh, particularly what uh, Lingard has been mm -hmm. doing um, this season. Uh, David Moyes is my first Everton manager, so um, technically, some, uh, technically mine too. So I'm I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, affection for affection for David Moyes. I. Uh, I, I, I really don't like West Ham. Um, I have to be honest about that. Um, and it's even more frustrating this year, um, kind of seeing kind of our progression, but the fact that they've been right up there with us and now they're mm -hmm. um, six points ahead. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's been a little frustrating to see them doing what they're doing, but kudos to them and respect for David Moyes, who, um, who's accomplished what he has with that club. But they, they're not without talent. Do they have any, any injuries? Have they had any injuries, really? Um, 
I mean, I'm I'm trying to think of uh, it seems like of their of their key players. I they've been relatively relatively clean in terms of injury. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, um, Cresswell. I mean, we know these guys well, and they've mm-hmm. they've given us fits. Um, so, Carlo, <laughs> Carlo's expecting a. We're all expecting some sort of a response after last week, but it all depends on how is James. Um, I'm guessing everyone else is in good shape, but uh, how is James Rodriguez, and will he be available mm-hmm. for this match? Um, and will we see a response from some of the other players? Um, the difficult thing is our opportunities probably have already been missed. Um, Palace, the draw there, um, the loss last week. So a, a draw doesn't really do us any good, and that's really all I optimistically see us maybe getting out of this match. Um, but y- y- you never know. Um, but it's going to be it's going to be difficult. It's a bad time to play them, but then again, we've had our opportunities to play teams that are behind us in the table and we haven't taken advantage of them. So eventually mm-hmm. your luck runs out in the fixture list and now we're playing a team that's above us and a team that's been uh, playing really well. So it's going to be mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be very difficult. But yeah. We'll see what kind of response. I think I'm more I'm more interested in the response that I see from the club yeah. and then, and then we'll deal with whatever, what result we get. Um, but I want to see a response from the club this week because that'll mm-hmm. say a lot about uh, the impact that Carlo was having on them. Um, the fact that he was pleased last week and um, mm-hmm. we'll see how they respond. Yeah. Um, I think starters, we could see, uh, you know, Pickford returning in goal we mentioned earlier in the show Godfrey, Keen, Mina, Luca Dean on that back line, Alan and Davies um, just in front of them, and then you're probably going to see either Hummus or or Iwobi. That's probably going to be one or the other. Uh, mm-hmm. Sigurdsson, Richarlison, DCL. I, it's usually not that simple. Carlo usually throws several wrenches in the gears just to mess with us. So it would be. I'd be really intrigued if he decides, oh, you know what? We're going to have Coleman on the right. We're going to put Godfrey on the left. We're going to move Luca Dean forward to if, uh, if Hamas is out just because we want – because he's done it before. You know what I mean? Um, I don't think that will right. happen, but it, it is the kind of weird thing that he'll – it is the weird, like, curveball that he'll throw sometimes. Um, Am I, are we seeing Tom Davies? I think we're seeing Tom Davies, aren't we? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I, I think I, I, I think he starts. You know, um, mm-hmm. so uh, and if we, I, I think if he doesn't start, that's maybe telling us a little bit of something about what Carlo thinks of his form right now. So right. Um, so yeah, uh, Jeff, what's your prediction? And then I'll go into mine. You know, I um, <laughs> see. I, I don't. I don't want to be. Well, I don't because I could. I could say I'm. I'm trying to think of if I. If I. If I'm optimistic, which for me, optimism would be, we get a point out of this match. Um, but I'm trying to think. Well, if it's a point, how many? 
how many goals are we looking at um, mm -hmm. for, for either side? The pessimist to me says 3-1 West Ham. Mm -hmm. um, the optimist to me, maybe I go, maybe it's one, maybe it's one, one. I don't, it, it'd be hard to keep them out of the, keep them out of goal. Mm -hmm. But Pickford's playing at a high level. Um, if we kind of mix up the, mix up the back line and mix up the, um, the pairings there, um, we'll see. So, Oh, I'll I'll go the optimistic. I'll say I'll say one one, and we get we get a point which won't really do us any good in terms of the European chase. But may, maybe we can count that as a response. I think I've lost my damn mind, Jeff, um, because I I uh, it's an away match. It's an away match. Hmm? It's it's at West Ham, which is you know everybody knows they're home field is the void where sound goes to die um and their 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 fans won't be there uh one of the things about everton this season is they have been ridiculously inconsistent they we can't predict them i feel like i'm gonna pick a win on this one man mm -hmm. I, I just because because every single time when we're supposed to win we screw up and when we're supposed to lose we dazzle or we find a way or someone scores with their ass and we win. You know, it, it's the weirdest thing. I don't get it. I'm, I'm optimistic. I don't, yeah. I don't get yeah. it. It's just because this is such a weird team. This is such a weird group and you never know mm -hmm. which, what we're going to get. And uh, so, yeah, I, I'm picking a win. I'm going to pick a weird win. I'm going to pick a three, one win. Yeah, I, I mean, no head injuries that I'm aware of. Yeah, well, you win it. You win at Spurs. You win at Anfield. You win at Arsenal, all in the same season. Why not a win? Which a win at West Ham any other year is not something you would consider to be unexpected. Right. Um, you look at the run of form of the two clubs and you look at them being six points ahead, but you, you might be right. Maybe it's the perfect, it's the perfect storm. Uh, maybe, maybe you come out of it with a kind of more of a sloppy win. Like you got it that you got at the Emirates. Maybe you yeah. come out with something like that. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hope you're, I hope you're right. I'm not comfortable being a pessimist because I'm typically not with Everton. I, I know. And you would think I it's know. the nature you would think it's the nature of being an Evertonian that you are. Now I can be self-deprecating as as any other as any other yeah. blue. I can be, you know. But typically, I'm I I take the optimistic approach. I don't know why I'm. I don't know. I'm kind of down hey, after I, Villa. I, I'm kind of down after Villa. I think so. Yeah. Well, no. Hey, Villa. <laughs> I picked the Villa match. I was the pessimist. I picked a one-one draw. You know, and I felt no. really negative for picking it, but I picked it because I was like, we're inconsistent. I don't think we're going to do it. So now I've gotten to the point where I think, okay, are we supposed to win this one? Yes. No, we're not. Are we supposed to win this? No, no. We're, we are going to yeah. make this happen. It's weird. I'm just, I'm picking the opposite. It's very Seinfeld with Costanza, Costanza. you know, I'm doing the opposite. You know, I'm just, yeah. just going to do it. Let's go with it. You know, it's just because honestly, I also feel like West Ham are also super inconsistent. You know, so 
right? Okay. We'll see what happens. It's a weird one. It's going to be a weird game. Um, so, I mean, that's the show, Jeff. We, uh, we have run out of content. Um, is there anything you want? No, we haven't run out of content. We could go all night, Jerry. We've run out of time. We haven't run out of content. <laughs> running out of cards is, is what I meant. Oh, you're running out of Okay. Yeah. Once the cards are gone, everyone, the show's, the show's over. Yeah, because – because yeah, because I, I read exactly what's on the cards and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> Proctor is turned off. Jerry's like, I'm out. I'm Jerry I'm Gibson. <laughs> Question mark at the end, like Anchorman. Signing <laughs> off. <laughs> uh, so, is there anything you uh, you feel that you need to plug at the end? You want to make sure we mention everybody. Um. No, I don't. I'm trying to think. No, um, just excited for excited for you know fans to get back to Goodison Park. I'm I'm excited. Um, when I see you know some friends on social media um, talking about getting on the you know getting on the ticket, you know mm -hmm. taking applying for their tickets and and getting their opportunity to go back, it's uh, it's an amazing feeling because I know how much it means uh, to those fans, um, yeah. you know, to get back to Goodison Park and then, and then not to look, you know, ahead to next year, but hopefully, hopefully, because you know, these off seasons are so short um, yeah. in English football that uh, we're not far away from a new season starting. Um, and hopefully it's, we are starting with uh, Goodison Park full and uh, that'll be just, it'll be incredible. Yeah. It'll be it'll be nice when you get that first few thousand in, and we we did for what one match we had maybe two thousand in, yeah. and that was great to see. But um, but you know hopefully in August we see forty thousand back at Goodison, and uh, the old lady is roaring again, and uh, it's a fortress again, and um, that'll be great. So I'm there's so much to look forward to. I mean mm. you know we talk about gloom and doom, but there's so much to. This is such a great time to be an Evertonian. It really is. You know, I mean, we're, we're kind of limping to the finish line in this season. Um, and that's kind of, yeah, that's my, there's my metaphor. Uh, and, but, but at the same time, I, I am, I'm happy with the club right now. I am. Not every performance uh, feels great. Um, but at the same time, I see a lot of positives about the club. I'm with you on the positivity about the club for sure. Complete yeah. agreement on that. Um, and it's, it's all the way around. I mean, you're seeing more and more Evertonians connecting worldwide. So uh, really good stuff. A lot of positive stuff happening. Um, yeah. Jeff, thanks so much for being on, man. Anytime, Jerry. It's always a lot of fun. Always a lot yeah, of fun. Good to, good to talk to you. Have uh, uh, your have you been able to catch any of your season ticket uh, with uh, FC Cincinnati yet? No, um, I'm going to miss the first match because the first match at the new stadium um, because I'm going to be out of the country. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't know how they're going to kind of divvy up tickets because they're only allowing um, roughly, I think, 6,000 or 7,000 in the stadium to start. Um, so I applied for the second and the third matches. So maybe May 29th, maybe it'll be my first one. Um, but uh, we did the season ticket tour 
um, over the weekend and mm-hmm. uh, were able to see our seats and kind of walk around. That stadium is incredible. It's just, it's magnificent. It, it's one of the, it's one of it's the gorgeous. American <laughs> soccer stadiums in the country. It's just, yeah. It's, it's beautiful. I love it. I love fix, it the, fix the club. They just need to fix the club. Fix they're the club and, it. you know. They, yeah, I see, I feel like they put a ton of work into that roster in the offseason. It doesn't hurt when yeah. you draft a nice little Wake Forest player to put up on the wing. Just saying. Uh, Calvin Harris. Yeah. 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 He's been yeah, good. Like, He's been good. I, I, I got to watch him play a lot for Wake. So, yeah. Take care of that guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Well, very cool. Well, I'm going to go through my ending spiel here. Uh, if you're digging what you're seeing, please subscribe to the uh, Toffee Blues podcast and the Toffee Blues YouTube channel. We'd really appreciate it. If you uh, and also please follow the Top Blues on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Heck, they probably have a TikTok now. Why not? Why not? I I I, I signed up for it. I don't fully. I feel like there's an age requirement on TikTok, and you're not allowed in after a certain time. So I like most of the videos. It's probably good. Uh, yeah, yeah. I shouldn't be there. Uh, it's just one of those things. Like you've accidentally wandered into the women's room. You, you, I have no business there. Uh, so yeah, just saying. Uh, anyway, but it's probably a TikTok, so get on that. Why not? Um, check out the Toffee Blues website. There's uh, some really cool content by some some awesome Evertonians uh, that I that I that I know and t- you know used to talk to when I was doing content with them on the uh, on the, the the other show, the the Toffee Blues show, and when it wasn't at USA. Um, so yeah, they're cool guys. Check out what they've got, what they're saying. Um, they know lots and that's it. That's it. I got nothing else. I'm out. My card I've read everything. So Jeff, thanks so much. It's good to see you. Please take care of yourself. Anytime. Anytime. Yeah. It's good to be on. Okay. Talk. Before you leave, where, where are you going? Oh, we're going country? to, uh, we're going to Punta Cana a week from tomorrow. Dominican Republic. Holy crap. All-inclusive resort for a short, for just a, a long weekend. But yeah, Jeff, can't wait. Have a daggone blast. That's going to be great. Ah, so yeah. much with the with, with the envy yeah. right now. Uh, very cool. Enjoy Cold yourself, beach. buddy. <laughs> Everybody be thinking of Jeff as he struggles on his wonderful vacation. Everybody else out there, let's, uh, let's get the blues. Uh, we need to we need to win. Let's do this. Everybody, take care of yourself. Three points. Much love. And uh, yeah, I got nothing else. No more cards. Bye. Up the toffees. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Let's go!